privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net and it is time for Avoid the Maze. My guest today is Stephen Rudolph, and I've met Stephen through podmatch.com, where I've met so many wonderful individuals who are not only seeking to better themselves, but offering their guidance as coaches to many of us. I know in the past, Stephen, that, you know, if you wanted to better yourself, um, you were basically, at least I was basically told, um, just be a good person, you know, um, you can do it on your own. And uh, many of us can to a certain degree, but having somebody who maybe has traveled a similar path as ourselves um, can give us the guidance and the hope for a better tomorrow. Excuse me, my mouth was starting to get dry. We just got started. Um, as I read your bio, you talk about authenticity. And I believe that many of us think we are bringing our authentic self to the table. But most often we don't because we look around the room, we say, well, maybe if I respond like him or her, they will appreciate me more rather than I'm going to respond as me. So tell me how you got to this place where you determined that maybe you had had some wisdom that the rest of us could share. Sure. So first of all, thank you for having me on and also for picking a super topic for us to, to discuss. Because for me, I think that this is really the root of all relationships and the root of all effective relationships begin with, with being authentic. And I know that it's a buzzword because I hear a lot of people using, they, they, they sort of like throw this word around with uh, reckless abandon. Um, and, and it can start to become co-opted or it can start to become, um, uh, you know, an attempt to be, Become authentic can also become inauthentic. So it, it's a very sensitive area to get it right. And I like what you said before also about how in the past we've been given that advice, just be a good person and, and everything will be okay, which I still think is really valuable advice. 
but the challenge comes when you are in the maze and you're then you're asked to do that and for me that's really what uh, where where the, the challenge is I was in the maze very much so even though I didn't realize it I felt like you know like Neo is in the matrix at the beginning of the matrix right? he doesn't even realize that he's in the matrix yeah. and so I found myself in the matrix when I was young or in you know sort of caught up in life while I was in my teens and I had this belief that I was going to become like a rock star like that's what I was going to do because I'm, I'm pretty good in music and I, I'm fairly entertaining and it's something that I just really love and enjoy doing and then one day I got a part-time job as a teacher to pay the bills. And in that class, it was like an epiphany that, oh my God, you're not a rock star, you're a teacher. And, and I sort of stumbled upon something about myself that I didn't know about, I didn't really realize. And for me, that's what began the uh, going down the rabbit hole, so to speak, uh, taking the red pill. and finding out what I was really, really about. Another thing, Karen, that I, I wanna share is that I don't think when we say being authentic or being your authentic self, I don't see it as an end. I see authenticity as a process because we're constantly know, learning about ourselves. I'm still learning about myself. There's so much in the unconscious. The world is changing. I'm changing. My body is changing, right? So, I see it much more as a process. And for me, that process began at that time. And if I were to define authenticity, I would say it's more about the honest and earnest attempt to understand myself and to communicate with others in a way that I understand that person trying to understand and be their authentic selves. So that's kind of how I got into sure. this more, but like, that's the that's the the basic connection how i got here and you know as i as i hear you telling your story it's like so many others there's a certain age where we determine this is who i want to be and we start moving towards that and sometimes life gets in the way in your case life gave you just a different path to follow and that's when it was like oh wait a second i can do this I didn't know I could, nobody showed it to me before. And that's why coaching is so helpful for so many of us, because instead of our parents or our teachers telling us what they say we're good at, coaches help us find that deep down inside. And um, when I was in high school, it was my... Uh, sophomore year, and I was convinced to join the debate team. And um, I worked really hard with my team. We, you know, we were going to get this right. And we were debating at another school. And um, I thought we were doing really, really well. But at the end, we ended up losing the debate. And I remember going up to my debate coach and I said, that's not fair. You know, we did everything the right way. And he looked at me and he said, Karen, life is not fair. So learn that today, but do your best every time. And that's what I realized. We did our best. Okay, so we lost the debate. You know, the world wasn't going to come to an end. And we also 
he also made us understand the facts that were brought up on the other side. And so many of us don't want to look beyond what we see in the mirror. And I appreciate how you described authenticity because it is an evolving situation for all of us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I like what you've also shared about coaches and, and their importance. Historically, you know, if we look back, there have always been the wise elders, shamans, gurus, teachers, they've always been there. And the, you know, a teacher is a technology, Karen. It's the way that I see it. A teacher is a, is a kind of technology. And in a funny way, I've never thought about it like this before, but, but I'm just thinking about it now. Um, we've got X amount of years to live our lives on this planet. And we want to come to a certain level of understanding of ourselves. That's one of the key, depending upon who you ask and how you look at, at life and people, but it's certainly what I believe. One of the key aims of this life is, is to try to figure out who you are and what value I can be to the rest, to my family, to my community and to the rest of the, the people on the planet. So that, that to me is, is, a, is a great good that a human being should try to strive for. Now in that limited amount of time, there are lots of these, you know, we're stuck in the maze and we get stuck in dead ends and we quote unquote lose time. And so for me, a teacher or a guru or a coach, which is the modern term for the same thing that's right. been going on forever, um, are people who say, hey man, don't go down that path because I've already been down that one and it leads to a dead end. And then it's up to the individual to, you know, that could be, it could be come in the form of advice. Um, and and um, that's more of a counselor, I would say. And then you, if you trust them, you might take take their advice and it might work out for you. Like they say, hey, look, you're going down that route to become a rock star. You know, I've been down that one and just let me tell you about it. And then when they share the details, you're like, okay, I, I get what you're saying. Or they might ask a question. That's how, you know, in pure coaching, pure coaching practice, you wouldn't advise, but you would ask questions. Hey, you say that you wanna go down that path whatever that path might be for your profession or otherwise. Um, what do you think will happen if you do that? Or what might be the other options that you could go? And so here a coach can get you to think through what the options are and why it's a technology is that it helps you having somebody to help you question yourself or to give advice in certain cases uh, will enable you to save time so you can get to that point of figuring out who you are, what your purpose is, and how you can bring value to the world, and that you're not just finding it out at the end of your life, and then you're saying, oh my God, if I had known this when I was 20 or 30, my life could have been different, I could have been more impactful, I could have earned more, I could have been happier. So that's that's the benefit. And I'll just share one, one more thing. There's a, sure. there's a really lovely quote uh, that I found that said something like, um, um, there are people who um, learn from others' mistakes. Those are the wisest people. There are people who learn from their own mistakes. They're also smart. Then there are those who don't even learn from their own mistakes. <laughs> so here, the coaches and other guides would come in that first place. And so if an individual, if, if you want to be 
wise, that's the way you get that wisdom. Well, and one of the reasons I named this podcast Avoid the Maze is not even so much that we need to avoid it, but we need to take it for the worth it has. Okay, I've walked through the maze for a long period of time, and every once in a while, I still get back and get lost in there. But if you accept the fact that you are learning while you are going through this, um, I find it is very, very helpful uh, that I can go back and say, I did something this way, and I tried it numerous times, and it did not work. Yeah. So if I try it again, is it going to work today or do I have to modify it? And sometimes we're stubborn and we keep doing it the same way over and over again. But then it takes somebody who's on the outside looking in who will say to us, is there a special reason you took that path? Right. Um, and, you know, today is a big reflection day for me because six years ago today uh, my mother passed away and up until that day when people would ask me what my relationship was with her I said it was a love-hate relationship yes we loved each other but we bickered all the time but almost within 24 hours of her passing I realized we didn't bicker that much it was more in my head Okay, because I was always trying to please her. And once I understood that, my memories became much better. Um, and it changed my parenting style to be much better. And so sometimes we get those little voices stuck in our head and we don't get rid of them until something else happens in life. So what you, you went to teaching instead of being a rock star. Um, although I think you could have been both possibly. I still play, um, I still play music though, though. For my daughter, I play ukulele and we dance and we sing and uh, she's two and a half and uh, she thinks I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what made you go from teaching? Because some people would say teaching is, it's like coaching, but it's more direct. You're giving more um, more direct information, whereas in coaching, you're trying to get that out of the individual. Yeah. So how did you get into coaching? What, what pursued that? So what happened was after I left, um, after I got into to teaching, my plan was to open up a school and, and where every child knew who they were. Like I wanted to start really early, start getting people on that process so they could begin understanding that uh, from their teens. And I wanted to open the school and a friend of mine was in India and he said, hey, don't open up the school in New York, come to India and open it up here. And I was 22, I was like, oh my God, that's what I have to do. So I got to India, opened up the school in a house with a few of my friends and um, with eight kids on the first day. So that school now has 2000 children in it from nursery through 12. And the curriculum still remains that, who am I? Like, what are my, my natural abilities? So that's, that was my, reason for getting into it. And along the route, I developed tools and methods. And of course, being in a place like India, which has this very ancient tradition of guidance and human development and spirituality, those sort of things, I was able to 
um, gain a significant amount of understanding in that area to create these kind of tools and programs. So that's where it began. And I did a lot of, with my own students and, and the parents in my school, I did a lot of workshops and um, uh, coaching programs for them. And then I began doing it outside. And then after, in 2015, I moved to Europe and I began doing it there. Uh, I'm back in the States, States now, although I live in Cambodia. This is a longer story. My wife is from there. And so um, I, I'm living there now, but looks like en route back to the US. So anyway, in the process of my moving around, I kept finding that people, it's a universal requirement. It's a universal need for people to understand themselves better. It's just part of life and it's a normal practice. I think sometimes people have this feeling that, oh, if I, if I have to go to a coach or if I have to go to you know, a counselor like that, then the, it means that there's something wrong with me or it means that I'm deficient. And I say to people, look at the top athletes, right? If you look at anybody, whether you're looking at tennis players or you know, um, it doesn't matter, in every uh, sport, You've got coaches there who are guiding them, saying, hey, you know, watch your backhand, or you know, when he's doing this, you think about doing that, or what's up with you, what are you thinking? Um, the idea, so, so that's, that's what inspired me to move into this, seeing that people needed this kind of guidance. And then of course, um, the maze has changed. The maze of the past is that, the idea of the maze is still there, but what it looks like is very different. What I mean by that is our modern world and how our systems work, uh, the, the post-industrial world or this knowledge economy, wherever we are, I, I don't know how we would describe it right now, but people get lost. And now you add this other layer of virtual reality on top of that. And it's, it's really very, we have our own set of challenges now to get back to asking the questions of who am I and what do I need to do to find my purpose to be my most authentic and effective self. And for that, we need people who understand the, the let's call them the eternal or universal concepts of living a meaningful and purposeful life and who also understand the current context that we're in in order to be able to help us see through the modern day matrix and it would have looked different in the past. So that's, that's why I think it's important. That's how I've sort of, you know, moved along this, um, this path and what it is that I'm doing. And yeah, so I, that's, that's pretty much how I got into it. And I find it works. And it seems like other countries other than the US um, are more open to um, teaching in a way that everybody can learn. In uh, the way, and the reason I say that, uh, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and everything was, you know, you're going to go home, you're going to memorize your spelling words, and then you're going to come in, you know, on Friday, and you're going to have a spelling test, you're not going to know how to spell the words. And that's great. Most of us didn't get the definitions of those words. They were just words that we sounded out and we spelled. And I found when I got into high school, um, when it came to history, you know, this is what you're going to study. You're going to memorize these dates, these names, these places. But not all of us memorize things. And I'm one of those people that 
I have to be involved in the learning process. So if you're going to give me a list of spelling words, I need to know what those words mean. How do they apply to my life or how will they apply to my life? Um, and so I struggled all the way through high school. And when I went to college, um, you know, it was the same way. And yet when I went back to college um, in 2008 for uh, an advanced degree, I found that I understood so much more because I was doing it online and most of it, I had to do a lot of research to understand things and make it work in my daily life. So I hear what you started in India, what you've done in Europe, but we don't have many schools like that here in the US. Um, many, yeah, probably not many. Um, they, they would definitely be, be in the few. I think what's important is to make a distinction between the discipline of learning, like learning academics, learning about factual things, learning things about the world and how it works and understand that learners have different learning styles. And yours, you've described what's known as a kinesthetic learner, somebody who learns with their body or physically and they need to touch and they want to move. They want to try things first, rather if you, in terms of like, if you get an Ikea desk and you have to set it up, you might throw the instructions to the side and first try putting it together and see what happens and then come back. <laughs> you stuff. got it. People might study it first and read everything and then, right? So there are different types of, of learners. Um, and I think it's also important, as I'm saying, to distinguish between two types of learning. One is about things and about the way the world works and different subjects, different types, what we study in school, essentially. And there's another level or another angle, which is the who am I, right? Which is the life skills part of it and going into the deeper aspects of finding meaning in life and the things that we're talking about being vulnerable and authenticity and the emotional side of things. So a little bit of effort has been made over the last, let's say you know, 20 years or so to try to talk about these things. But at the same time, it gets a little bit fuzzy because we definitely have that division of quote unquote church and state where School is not a place for us to go into those, those sort of areas. So we have to keep it a little bit more toward the first side, more toward the, the general subject matter. And I'm not sure if it's just Europe, but in the past, you didn't have those distinctions nearly as much. You were allowed to talk about, you know, spiritual things or link it to God or link it to, you know, the part where even if you were in the math class, there was no separation. And so the challenge I think becomes when that's been removed, then where does that happen? Where does that happen where I learn about myself and, and life and the meaning of life? It could happen in religious um, institutions, but then those are often very much on the sideline, something that you might do on, on a weekend or only on certain right. special days of the year. And then you don't even have a relationship with the person who might be teaching or preaching that so it's it's not a very personalized thing, um, you know. I I remember in early days of my life that the people who were in our religious community, I was disconnected from them. So even when they were speaking about things, I couldn't I couldn't relate, and so 
I think what happens is that people go through this and by not having access to that level of, and it doesn't have to be religious, but it just has to be about me as a whole person in the, in the, the grand scheme of life, that I see the, the holistic nature of what's going on and I can ask those questions and, and everything is integrated. So I think the, the challenge here is not having access to that. We get to this point in our lives where we're studying and we're learning, studying and we're learning. And then suddenly when we're in our twenties or in our thirties, we, we ask ourselves, whoa, man, who am I? What's going on? How did I, it's like from that song, the talking heads, you know, <laughs> uh, um, once in a lifetime, I don't know if you know, but he's like, how did I get here? This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful car. This is not my beautiful wife. We had these images that we thought who we were supposed to be. Now let's come back to the authenticity part. This is the challenge that we've got, especially in America, is that we have an extremely consumeristic society, which has a really powerful media and marketing machine where people tell us what they what they want us to be and what they you know what we should eat and what we should drink and how we should act and what we should say and they dangle the millionaire billionaire carrot behind that and people start to follow those take this course and be like me and they're sitting on their fancy car with a water right. cash and 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 um, that's where people start getting away from authenticity um, they, they start to try to become like that person and they'll take courses to become like that person. But underneath all of that, that's not who they are. And even in their, be in their best effort, with their best efforts, they would never be able to come close to being like that person. And thank God, because that's not going to be who, who they are. So I'm not sure exactly if I, if I, how I've answered your question, but what I've understood is that the problem what you started off by saying was the problem with schools today and other countries. To me, and I, I see it more as this issue of um, uh, the disconnection between these two types of knowledge. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting as you were, you know, talking about um, we see something either in a movie, a commercial or something that pops up. Um, in our social media, and we go, well, if they're doing this, why, why can't I? And I actually um, went through this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've been working with another coach, and um, she's living a life that is incredible. Okay, now she's been through a downward spiral, but right now um, she's living this wonderful life. From the outside looking in, it's like, oh you went to Italy for a month and, you know, you did all these wonderful things and you ate all this wonderful food. In the beginning, I was watching it going, well, you know, how did she get there? Why can't I get there? And I stopped myself and I realized that's not where I want to be. I can applaud her for what she's doing. I'm where I want to be. And I think that's part of what we all need to come, you know, understand is that somebody driving uh, that Ferrari, you know, it may look exciting and we may think we want that, but you know what? We might be okay if we just had an electric scooter going around the city. So I think you're right. We have to get to understand ourselves 
so much better before we start trying to compare ourselves or remold ourselves. Yeah, ultimately, people want to be happy. They want to be connected with, with other people. They want to enjoy the work that they do. They want to experience love. They want to experience meaning. This is what actually gives us pleasure. It's not the material things that give us pleasure. And I can tell you that because I know that I've met a lot of people in the, I've met a lot of people in my life who, who are otherwise wealthy, but some of the most miserable people that I've met. And I also have met wealthy people who are really nice people and, yeah. and who've got great lives. It's not, to, I'm not looking to cast a, uh, you know, a, a net like that, but, and at the same time, I've seen people who've had very limited means and they're some of the, the nicest, happiest people. I've also seen miserable people there. So what I want to say is that the, the thing that distinguishes um, happiness from non-happiness or inauthenticity from, from not being non-authentic, I think that has nothing to do with money. That has to do with how connected you are to yourself, irrespective. And so my feeling is that it would make sense to first get connected to yourself and to your meaning and to your purpose. And if you make, and you make money, well, then that's good. You'll be a rich person who's, who's really happy. at ease with yep. themselves. And if you don't, well, then you'll be a not rich person who's at ease with himself. <laughs> but uh, it, either way, you'll have a beautiful life. You'll have a beautiful life that has meaning and purpose. And I was, I was asking this to myself yesterday, um, you know, uh, is your life uh, a, a life worth living? Or I might say that, okay, when I die or when I get to the end of my life, whenever that, whenever that might be, if I reflect, will I be able to say, yes, it was a life worth living? You know, that's sort of like um, how I want to take this next step. Will this be a step toward that point in the future where I reflect and say, you know what, it was a good choice that you made and it was a difficult choice, but it, it, was, a, it was a worthwhile choice to make. So, so yeah. Um, I, I wanted to add one more thing about this that goes back to something you were saying before that often when we look at people and say, oh, I wanna be like him or I wanna be like her or I want what they have or if I have what they have or I have a life like them, I, I'll be, um, I think what we're, what we're looking for is we're looking for certain patterns. We're looking for certain ways of being and what, there's, what people see is this is a person who has means or who's able to do what they want, right? This is somebody who's got the ability to, to do more. I would like to have that ability for myself. Um, and so, you know, it's funny because I've seen with some people, they've become otherwise successful. And in a way, they can also become a slave to some of their successes. In other words, if you become famous, you have to maintain that fame. If you've got a boat, a friend of mine has this beautiful boat. People are like, oh my God, you know, we went on a boating, an outing with him. I would love to have a boat like that. But then you have to see, he's got to like maintain it. He's got to clean it. Um, when there's low tides, he's under stress that he's, the boat's not gonna get messed up when, when the weather is bad. So there are all these things that you don't consider because you only see the day you go out in the boat and have a good time. But to maintain that in the winter and all these things, it's, it's um, well, it's a hassle. Sure. Somebody once told me that the two happiest days, a guy who's in the yachting industry, he says the two happiest days of a yacht owner 
are the day that they buy their yacht and the day that they sell their yacht. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's just meant to, sure. to give a perspective of where, um, you know, where the happiness lies and sometimes our misconceptions about about other others when we view them we don't know what they're suffering we don't know the baggage that they're carrying we don't know the challenges that they've had to go through in order to get where they are we just see them at you know often at one point in their lives and we make very quick judgments about a very narrow aspect or perspective of of their lives so there's no fun of that. Yep. You can never be, who said it? I don't know. Let's, let's say Mark Twain, because if you don't know, you just say it was Mark Twain who said it. And, you, and it's okay. <laughs> but um, you can't, you can't, um, uh, better be yourself because everybody else is, is taken. So, I, you know. And, and that is a great quote too. I, and I love that. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that. Um, you know, I had shared on another show that for years, um, I always wanted to be like somebody else, whether it was a friend, a cousin, somebody on TV, I would see what they were wearing. I would see how the, their hair was, what their house was. And right around my 60th birthday, I woke up one morning and I said, I'm never going to look like that person but I look like that person in the mirror. So what can I do about that? If I really want to look different, how do I gain that? And sure. I started realizing it wasn't so much that I wanted to look any different, but I looked at certain things like you were saying, looking at that yacht. Oh, that looks great. I want one. But then once you got have it, maybe you don't have enough money other than to keep it docked. So then what good is it? And so when I started podcasting, one of the things I started sharing was, you know, not every day is going to be perfect. But if we can take one little thing out of the day and see the greatness in it, boy, that can sure make a good day for all of us. And I do that every day. Um, you know, it, Money may be tight, but okay, the sun is shining and I love the sun shining and the leaves are turning and it's beautiful out there. And I hold on to that all day long, despite the fact that I may have to pay some bills that I really can't afford. So I, I, love, I love the fact that we can dig deep inside ourselves if we really want to be the person that we are. So how can our listeners find you? I know you're all over the world. You've lived in many, many places, um, but we do have the World Wide Web. So yes. how can they find you, Stephen? Uh, best, the best place to find me is um, feedyourtigers.com. That's a great place to start. So it's F-E-E-D. Y-O-U-R, tigers, right? Feedyourtigers.com. That's the fast way to, to get to me. My website, otherwise the company website is multiplenatures.com. Um, and so those two places would be the, the easiest ways to catch me or find me on there and a way to, to also contact me in case uh, you're interested to explore yourself more deeply. So, yeah. 
Well, we would love that. And for our listeners, as you all, all know, we put everything in the show notes so that you don't have to second guess. Uh, the correct spelling of Steve's name will be in there, his websites, um, and some background information. And I encourage you all to, um, you know, check Steve out a little bit more deeply because not everybody is a coach. Not everybody is a good coach. Not everybody um, is going to select the same coach. And I think it's really important in today's hectic life that we um, do some research on our own and find the person who we think can help guide us. And uh, I think Steve is a good choice. And uh, I'm going to recommend you follow through. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye now.